Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 17 through 21, Book 7, Volume 1 of Le Morte d'Arthur by Sir Thomas Mallory. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. L-I-B-R-I-V-O-X dot O-R-G. Read by Marco of New Orleans, 2007. Chapter 17 And then thus they fought till it was past noon, and never would stint, till at the last they lacked wind both, and then they stood wagging and scattering, panting, blowing, and bleeding, that all that beheld them for the most part wept for pity. So when they had rested them a while, they yeed to battle again, tracing, racing, foining as two boars, and at some time they took their turn as it had been two rams, and hurtled together, that some time they fell groveling to the earth, and at some time they were so amazed that either took other sword instead of his own. Thus they endured till evensong time, that there was none that beheld them might know whether it was like to win the battle, and their armor was so forehewn that men might see their naked sides, and in other places they were naked, but ever the naked places they did defend. And the Red Knight was a wily knight of war, and his wily fighting taught Sir Beaumain to be wise, but he abought it full sore, or he did espy his fighting. And thus by assent of them both they granted either other to rest, and so they set them down upon two molehills, there beside the fighting-place, and either of them unlaced his helm and took the cold wind, for either of their pages was fast by them to come when they called to unlace their harness, and to set them on again at their commandment. And then when Sir Beaumain's helm was off, he looked up to the window, and there he saw the fair lady, Dame Leoness, and she made him such countenance that his heart waxed light and jolly, and therewith he bade the Red Knight of the Red Lands make him ready, and let us do battle to the utterance. I will well, said the knight, and then they laced up their helms, and their pages avoided, and they stepped together and fought freshly. But the Red Knight of the Red Lands awaited him, and at an overthwart smote him within the hand that his sword fell out of his hand. And yet he gave him another buffet upon the helm that he fell groveling to the earth, and the Red Knight fell over him for to hold him down. Then cried the maiden Lynette on high, O oh, Sir Beaumain, where is thy courage become? Alas, my lady, my sister, beholdeth thee, and she sobbeth and weepeth, that maketh mine heart heavy. When Sir Beaumain heard her say so, he abrayed up, and with a great might, and gat him upon his feet, and lightly he leapt to his sword, and gripped it in his hand, and doubled his pace unto the Red Knight, and there they fought a new battle together. But Sir Beaumain then doubled his strokes, and smote so thick that he smote the sword out of his hand, and then he smote him upon his helm that he fell to the earth, and Sir Beaumain fell upon him, and unlaced his helm to have slain him. And then he yielded him, and asked mercy, and said with a loud voice, O noble knight, I yield me to thy mercy. Then Sir Beaumain bethought him upon the knights that he had made to be hanged shamefully, 
and then he said, I may not with my worship save thy life, for the shameful deaths that thou hast caused many full good knights to die. Sir, said the Red Knight of the Redlands, hold your hand, and you shall know the causes why I put them to so shameful a death. Say on, said Sir Beaumain. Sir, I loved once a lady, a fair damsel, and she had her brother slain, and she said it was Sir Lancelot de Lake, or else Sir Gawain. And she prayed me, as that I loved her heartily, that I would make her a promise by the faith of my knighthood, for to labor daily in arms, until I met with one of them, and all that I might overcome, I should put them unto a villainous death. And this is the cause that I have put all these knights to death, and so I ensured her to do all the villainy unto King Arthur's knights, and that I should take vengeance upon all these knights. And, sir, now I will tell thee that every day my strength increaseth till noon, and all this time have I seven men's strength. Chapter 18 Then came there many earls and barons and noble knights, and prayed to that knight to save his life, and to take him to your prisoner, and all they fell upon their knees, and prayed him of mercy that he would save his life. And, sir, they all said, it were fairer of him to take homage and fealty, and let him hold his lands of you, than for to slay him. By his death ye shall have none advantage, and his misdeeds that be done may not be undone, and therefore he shall make amends to all parties, and we all will become your men, and do you homage and fealty. Fair lord, said Beaumain, wit you well, I am full loath to slay this knight, nevertheless he hath done passing ill and shamefully, but insomuch all that he did was at a lady's request, I blame him the less, and so for your sake I will release him, that he shall have his life, upon this covenant, that he go within the castle, and yield him there to the lady, and if she will forgive him and quit him, I will well, with this, he make her amends of all the trespass he hath done against her and her lands. And also, when that is done, that ye go unto the court of King Arthur, and there that he asks Sir Lancelot mercy, and Sir Gawain, for the evil will ye have had against them. Sir, said the Red Knight of the Red Lands, all this will I do as ye command, and sicker assurance and borrows ye shall have. And so then, when the assurance was made, he made his homage and fealty, and all those earls and barons with him. And then the maiden Lynette came to Sir Beaumain, and unarmed him, and searched his wounds, and stinted his blood. And in likewise she did to the Red Knight of the Red Lands. And there they sojourned ten days in their tents, and the Red Knight made his lords and servants to do all the pleasure that they might unto Sir Beaumain. And so within a while the Red Knight of the Red Lands yeed unto the castle, and put him in her grace. And so she received him upon sufficient surety, so all her hurts were well restored, of all that she could complain. And then he departed unto the court of King Arthur, and there openly the Red Knight of the Red Lands put him in the mercy of Sir Lancelot and Sir Gawain. And there he told openly how he was overcome, and by whom, and also he told all the battles from the beginning unto the ending. Jesu, mercy, said King Arthur unto Sir Gawain, we marvel much of what blood he has come, for he is a noble knight. Have ye no marvel, said Sir Lancelot, for ye shall right well wit that he is come of a full noble blood, and as for his might and hardiness, there be but few now living that is so mighty as he is, and so noble of prowess. It seemeth by you, said King Arthur, that ye know his name, and from whence he is come, and of what blood he is. I suppose I do so, said Lancelot, or else I would not have given him the order of knighthood. But he gave me such charge at that time, that I should never discover him until he required me, or else it be known openly by some other. Chapter 19 Now turn we unto Sir Beaumain, that desired of Lynette that he might see her sister, his lady. Sir, she said, I would fain ye saw her. Then Sir Beaumain all armed him, and took his horse and his spear, and rode straight unto the castle. And when he came to the gate, he found there many men armed, and pulled up the drawbridge, and drew the port close. 
Then marvelled he why they would not suffer him to enter, and then he looked up to the window, and there he saw the fair Leonesse that said on high, Go thy way, Sir Beaumain, for as yet thou shalt not have holy my love, unto the time that thou be called one of the number of the worthy knights. And therefore go labour and worship this twelvemonth, and then thou shalt hear new tidings. Alas, fair lady, said Beaumain, I have not deserved that ye should show me this strangeness, and I had weened that I should have right good cheer with you, and unto my power I have deserved thank, and well I am sure I have bought your love with part of the best blood within my body. Fair courteous knight, said Dame Leonesse, be not displeased, nor over hasty, for wit you well, your great travail nor good love shall not be lost, for I consider your great travail and labour, your bounty and your goodness, as me ought to do, and therefore go on your way, and look that ye be of good comfort, for all shall be for your worship, and for the best, and perdi a twelvemonth will soon be done, and trust me, fair knight, I shall be true to you, and never to betray you, but to my death I shall love you, and none other. And therewithal she turned her from the window, and Sir Beaumain rode awayward from the castle, making great dole. And so he rode here and there, and wist not where he rode, till it was dark night. And then it happened him to come to a poor man's house, and there he was harbored all that night. But Sir Beaumain had no rest, but wallowed and writhed for the love of the lady of the castle. And so upon the morrow he took his horse.